Hi, everyone. I'm Gary Nall. A special program today. We will not be doing our health and nutrition introduction. Instead, we are doing what I hope will be, for many people, a clarion moment to look at the truth behind the entire edifice of the COVID pandemic. At the core of all this is an organization called the World Health Organization. They are the ones who are determining that this is a pandemic, and from that, then, all the different measures we should make. These are supported by Anthony Fauci and the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, from the lockdowns and the quarantining to the face masks, the social distancing, the big push for vaccines, mandatory with Bill Gates and Gavi, In other organizations, every person on the planet is supposed to be vaccinated. They do not say that those who've already had COVID should not be vaccinated because the science does not support that. To the contrary, it could cause a lot of potential problems, including death for people who've had COVID and then are vaccinated. For all the people who could not get vaccinated because they have autoimmune conditions, and this would then overextend that autoimmune condition and could cause them to die or sicken. Those people are still included. In fact, everyone is included now, even infants, six months and over. There is madness abounding. The media is complicit. It has lost its conscience. It's lost its character. It's lost its moral compass. It is merely a mouthpiece for the special interest. To understand this, I'm doing three separate, in-depth, original investigative reports. Today is the first. It is entitled, It is Time to Dismantle the World Health Organization. Richard Gale, our scholar in residence, myself, has spent a great deal of time and energy. Everything we are sharing with you has been vetted for accuracy. Why? Because right now even schools are saying yes mandate that all the children get vaccinated. And yet there is no science supporting that. To the contrary, the annual flu kills more children and teenagers than COVID. It is rare to have anyone who is young and in good health succumb to COVID. In fact, it is so rare that it's an anomaly. The people succumbing from the very beginning of this till now are those with 2.6 comorbidities, emphysema, heart disease, and uh, high blood pressure, obesity, and diabetes as examples. And yet, instead of having a national program, worldwide program, to first prevent it by having people understand we were all susceptible to infection, but we're not all susceptible to disease nor death. The healthier we are, the greater our protection, the greater the measures. Who says Thousands upon thousands of articles in the peer-reviewed journals published on PubMed, the library of medicine, the official scientific, uh, let's say, repository of that in Washington, D.C. So it's not quackery. It's not pseudoscience. It's not junk science. It's not speculation. It's not opinion. It's not hypothesis. It's proven fact that as long as you keep yourself healthy, you could have that virus and never know it. Well, then, if you've had the virus and you had no symptoms, that's the strength of your immune system. Part of your immune system is based on taking things like a healthy diet and not becoming obese by junk foods and lack of exercise, by exercising. 
by taking supplements such as vitamin D3, vitamin C, zinc, magnesium, selenium. This is proven in thousands of articles. And then having as a prophylactic for those who are most risk in nursing homes, in hospitals, physicians, to take drugs that are completely safe and very effective at low doses, prophylactically, like three milligrams of ivermectin. They said there was no proof. There are dozens of studies now showing the proof. The same could be said for hydroxychloroquine. Again, instead of accepting these and using them, we could have prevented 80% of the deaths. Instead, we were told there is nothing you can do, nothing you can take, no vitamins, no diet, no exercise, no stress management. Just stay at home until you get too sick and then go to the hospital and wait for the vaccine. Surely we are smart enough individually, collectively, and especially our medical doctors and scientists to see that this was a system that was gamed. And yet, the doctors have now came forward by the tens of thousands scientists. They signed a great Barrington Barrington, uh, report showing that we have been misguided in this. Who is the architect of all of this? Well, there are two architects supported by a financier. The financier is Bill Gates, unelected to any office, not educated or credentialed in any field, yet singularly the most powerful, influential person in the world when it comes to the direction we're taking with COVID. Look at his background. Look at his history. Look at his temperament. And then we have Anthony Fauci, a man who completely mishandled the war on AIDS, causing hundreds of thousands of unnecessary deaths, and the agency he controls, which controls 100% of the money going out. So if you don't abide by his rules, then you don't get a penny. And finally, and most importantly, the World Health Organization. So the ultimate international authority for infectious disease is the World Health Organization. Due to its widespread acceptance by the world's national governments, it has been extremely successful in assuming the helm to monitor regional and global infectious diseases and dictate medical intervention policies to international health agencies. The organization has become the final word, the ultimate oracle, when it comes to what will rule the world on COVID, whether the spread of a serious pathogen is a pandemic or not. They say no one else. For the majority of the medical community, the media and the average person, the World Health Organization is the frontline command post for medical prevention. And in that mode, it is not preventing the disease with diet, behavior, building the immune system, reversing comorbidities. No, it is one thing only, vaccination and the treatment with expensive new patented drugs. Consequently, its rulings are often regarded as the gold standard. They are, they are the only word acceptable. On matters of global health, the world, or whole, world Health Organization holds complete dominance. For approximately a year, the World Health Organization has propagated the belief that the first line of defense for curtailing the COVID-19 pandemic is self-isolation, distancing, masks, and ultimately vaccination. Although it approved ivermectin, 
as a cost-effective treatment against SARS-2 infections. It, it disapproved hydroxychloroquine in favor of Gilead Biosciences and the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease and Anthony Fauci's novel and costly and completely failed drug, Remsnemafir. Yet you wouldn't know it, not by the hundreds of millions of dollars and profits made by the company or the common use of it at $3,000. No, much of its funding efforts have been reserved for mass vaccination with the new generation of experimental vaccines. Never before tried, never before succeeded. We are the experimental lab rats. Throughout these efforts, the World Health Organization has allied itself with the U.S. and the United Kingdom's national health systems, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and his Global Alliance for Vaccine Immunization, GAVE, initiative. Most people wrongly assume the World Health Organization acts independently from private commercial and national government interests for the welfare of the world's population. The legitimacy of the World Health Organization is a gold standard of health is dubious to non-existent. The organization has frequently been accused of conflicts of interest with private pharmaceutical companies and mega-philanthropic organizations such as the Gates Foundation, as well as being riddled with political alliances, ideologies, and profiteering motives. Why is it that the New York Times, the Washington Post, and none of the talking heads on any of the television networks have challenged the sordid the putrid, and the completely corrupt background of the World Health Organization. Why not a single report? Why can they not find what I'm about to share you? Because they are part of the problem. They are not a part of the solution. And yet people rely upon them as the solution. And that's why people are rolling up their sleeves. Whether you vaccinate or not is your business. You have a right to control what goes into your body. But do you also have any gatekeeper to control what goes into your mind in the form of propaganda versus real, legitimate, seeking truth? Despite its mega-pharmaceutical interest and consultants representing private vaccine interest, in the past, the World Health Organization has the audacity to ridicule the pharmaceutical industry for corruption. Quote, Corruption in the pharmaceutical sector occurs throughout all stages of the medicine chain, from research and development to dispensing and promotion. A lack of transparency and accountability within the medicines chain can also contribute to unethical practices and corruption, end quote. So says the World Health Organization. They could just as easily have looked in the mirror and seen themselves in reflection. These are similar charges that have been leveled against the World Health Organization. An article in the National Review called the World Health Organization, quote, scandal-plagued, end quote, quote, wasteful spending, end quote, utter disregard for transparency, pervasive incompetence, and failure to adhere to even basic democratic standards, end quote. In his book, Immunization, How Vaccines Became Controversial, University of Amsterdam professor emeritus Dr. Stuart Bloom raises the serious problem of the World Health Organization's most influential advisors on emergency health conditions, such as the current COVID-19 pandemic and earlier 2009 H1N1 swine flu scare that never was a pandemic, never was an epidemic, never was that serious, 
Yes, people died, but not because it was a pandemic. And yet these are the very same people who serve as consultants for the vaccine industry. So who's telling us a pandemic? How many of those voices are vaccine voices paid to say there is a pandemic? Because at the end of the day, the political policies that are created are not based upon real or legitimate science, but based upon how much profit can we make if we can create enough terror in people that they line up, are obedient, and get their vaccines. During times of global emergencies and crisis, the World Health Organization confers with a separate, super-secret group of advisors outside of its formal sitting, the Strategic Advisory Group of Experts, or what is called SAGE. Do you know any of their names? No. Do you know their backgrounds? No. Do you know if they have conflicts of interest? No. Then why are we supposed to trust the SAGE advisors who are the world's experts, when we don't know a thing about them. Why would they be so opaque? Could they have hidden interest? We would add that the World Health Organization's level of incompetence has resulted in serious misinformation about pandemics, medical risks of vaccines, and other health-threatening chemicals. For example, during the early stage of the COVID-19 outbreak in Wuhan, the organization reported it could not find any evidence of human transmission. It was wrong. However, the World Health Organization has repeatedly kowtowed to China's demands and unscrupulously accepts whatever statistics and statements the Chinese Communist Party and other unscrupulous organizations provides. Responding to a petition signed by over 700,000 signatories demanding the resignation of the current World Health Organization Director General Tedros Japan's Deputy Prime Minister, Taro Aso, told the Japanese parliament that the organization, quote, should be renamed the Chinese Health Organization, end quote, for favoring China's policy to stall and obstruct all international investigations and also for lauding unsubstantiated praise on the country's transparency in handling of the pandemic. Back on December 31st, 2019, Taiwan which has been barred from World Health Organization membership due to Chinese political maneuvering, have been warning of a possible human-to-human transmission contrary to the wet market narrative. But this was completely ignored in order to avoid upsetting or in any way challenging the Chinese Communist Party's dictates. The United Kingdom's Sunday Times, one of the most respected uh, newspapers in the world, reported that Chinese scientists were forced to destroy their proof of the virus shortly after its discovery. In the province of Hubei, authorities ordered the cessation of further testing and the destruction of all existing samples. Why? Why, when you know that scientific protocol, you save those samples, you save all your lab reports, what would be the motive for the Chinese government to have all of its original files destroyed, all of its samples destroyed. Why has the mainstream media not asked that question? Other researchers who made efforts to warn the public were punished. Writing for The Hill, University of Texas San Antonio professor Bradley Thayer wrote, quote, Tedros, 
the head of the World Health Organization, apparently turned a blind eye to what happened in Wuhan and the rest of China and has helped play down the severity, prevalence, and scope of the COVID-19 outbreak, end quote. There concludes, quote, Tedros is not fit to lead the World Health Organization, end quote. He has no formal medical training. He, he is not a physician. He has no international management expertise or experience in global health. Many others have voiced similar criticisms, pointing out Tedros's unsuitable background. Moreover, what we discovered, the, the director general, uh, the director general's conflicts of interest with China abound. If we could find this, the question is, why hasn't Anderson Cooper, anyone else, or Rachel Maddow, why haven't they found this? Immediately before and after his tenure as the Minister of Health for Ethiopia's ruling Communist Party, Tigray's People Liberation Front, China had donated an estimated $70 million to the terrorist organization's government and its social programs. Now heading the World Health Organization, Tedros appears to continue lobbying on China's behalf. In 2017, the Washington Post noted the fundamental problem, quote, China worked tirelessly behind the scenes to help Tedros defeat the United Kingdom's candidate for the World Health Organization job, David uh, Nebrero. Tedros's victory was also a victory for Beijing, whose leader uh, has made public his goal of flexing China's muscles in the world, end quote. Upon assuming his new position at the World Health Organization, Tedros had left Ethiopia, healthcare system, in ruins. As one young healthcare worker reported, quote, there's bare necessities gone. No office care, sterile gloves, paper exam gowns, covers, cotton swabs, gauze, tongue depressors, alcohol prep pads, chemical test strips, suturing equipment, syringes, stethoscopes were non-existent. This is a fact in most healthcare centers in Ethiopia. And who oversaw that? Who managed it? Who controlled it? Who controlled the money? Tedros, the same person who now controls the World Health Organization. During the more recent reinvestigation of SARS-2 origins, the Chinese authorities refused to provide raw case data and created repressive conditions to curtail reliable analysis disclosure. The World Health Organization's final report concluded that the virus had an animal origin did not escape Wuhan's high-security pathogenic laboratory. But there are viable reasons to discredit the report in its entirety as untrustworthy, at best, and perhaps intentionally deceptive. First, the entire agenda of the investigation was staged theater rather than a deep, honest, reliable scientific investigation to uncover empirical evidence. The team simply inspected seafood and open-air markets. Consequently, the World Health Organization team returned empty-handed and without laboratory records for a proper forensic examination. So to call the entire World Health Organization effort grossing confidence would be an understatement. Based upon all the evidence that has emerged, a large number of professional medical voices are calling the entire investigation a farce. Most problematic is the appointment of Peter Daszak, 
who on the World Health Organization group to carry out the investigation. Why? Because Daszak, the founding president of the shadowy nonprofit organization Echo Health Alliance, has headed many hunting adventures worldwide to identify the emergence of potential pathogens that could become pandemics. <clears throat> with the intention to divert attention away from an escape laboratory virus, Daszak staged a, a podcast on going viral. And there he said there was no evidential reason to visit and inspect the Wuhan laboratory. According to Independent Science News, despite Daszak's denial of a lab origin, quote, Echo Health Alliance funded bat corona research, including virus collection at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and thus could themselves be directly implicated in the outbreak of the COVID epidemic. The research at the Wuhan lab included, quote, gain-of-function research. These are the efforts on coronaviruses to make them even more powerful, more lethal, more deadly, more easily spread. And he received funds, lots of funds. Directly from Anthony Fauci, he received, according to Newsweek, the National Institute of Health was given $7.4 million to the Chinese lab for research. The organization has received over $100 million from a variety of sources, including the Department of Defense, Homeland Security, National Institute of Health, and undisclosed amounts from the Chinese government. Daszak himself has authored 25 studies funded by the Chinese Academy of Medicine, Medical Science, and think tanks, universities, military institutions. Why would a military institution, why would the Department of Defense, why would Homeland Security be giving him money, plus multiple ministries directly connected with the Chinese Communist Party? Given the holes of power within the World Health Organization, we are now going to outline some of the more salient reasons why the organization's declaration about infectious diseases and pandemics and vaccines should not be trusted. First, on vaccines promotional mis misconduct. For many years, the World Health Organization's recomm recommendations for certain vaccines were kept secret. Writing in a 2006 issue of the Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons, Dr. Mark Gerard uncovered, quote, scientific incompetence, misconduct, or even criminal malfeasance, end quote. That's the world on the World Health Organization. If you were told by the New York Times that a highly respected Dr. Mike Gerard, writing in the Journal of American Physicians and Science, found that the, the World Health Organization had, was incompetent and engaged in misconduct or even criminal malfeasance, would you trust them implicitly? Because they over, the, the, over the intentional inflation of vaccines benefits while undermining toxicity and adverse effects? Dr. Girard testified as a medical expert for the French court in a criminal trial against the World Health Organization after French health officials obliged the World Health Organization to launch its universal hepatitis B vaccine campaign. The campaign resulted in the deaths of French children 
Did you know that? Did anyone talk about that? Did Anthony Fauci say our partner is killing children in France? I think not. Dr. Girard gained access to confidential World Health Organization documents. He noted the World Health Organization, quote, French figure about chronic liver diseases were simply extrapolated from U.S. reports, end quote. He further accused the World Health Organization serving, quote, merely as a screen for commercial promotion, in particular the via, the, via the Viral Hepatitis Prevention Board, which was created, sponsored, and infiltrated by the manufacturers, end quote. It was purely for profit. So kids died. So pharmaceutical companies promoted by the World Health Organization could profit. Now, during the COVID-19 pandemic, as early as last July, the World Health Organization approved of China's first vaccine for emergency use long before it had undergone proper clinical trials, so much earlier than Moderna and Pfizer's RNA vaccine approval. Was there an orchestrated effort at pandemics? Before the current COVID-19 pandemic, there was the H1N1 swine flu scare in 2009. However, at the very start of the World Health Organization's fear-mongering of a global contagion that could exceed the death counts of the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic was solely based upon false rhetoric rather than empirical evidence. It was so bad that at one time, virtually all medical personnel in New York State were going to be required by law to have four separate H1N1 vaccines, which contain 25 micrograms of mercury per vaccine. That's 100 micrograms of mercury. Look in any science toxicological text, and you will see that 25 micrograms, let 100 micrograms for every orderly, nurse, physician, anyone working in a hospital. They had to take it. I became so alarmed after I reviewed virtually all the scientific literature on what a safe dosage was, and this exceeded by thousands of percent safe dosages, and that could have caused neurological damage. It could cause all forms of harm, including death. And people in New York State that I formed with our radio audience, within 24 hours we were marching a campaign to go to Albany. That resulted in meeting uh, with the top doctors in the legislature in Albany. That led to hearings that they had not had previous. They were doing mandates without hearings. At those hearings, I gave an excoriating a challenge to the entire board, to the legislators, to the medical directors, that you're going ahead without science on your side. That forced a pause in all this. As a result, none of the workers in New York, no doctors, and no doctors attended the rally. Interesting. We were fighting on their behalf. They weren't willing to fight on their own behalf. Tells us a lot about them. Nor were there nurses. Nor were there anybody. It was my radio audience. And that's unfortunate. But that's not uncommon. In any case, we stopped it. But what if we not stopped it? Could you imagine that that would have been going from temporary to permanent? You give someone 100 micrograms of mercury, you are really playing Russian roulette with their immune systems. So here we have the World Health Organization right up to their eyeballs. And who's leading their whole effort on talking about the danger 
of uh, this being a pandemic. Well, he was the leading pandemic alarmist, Dr. Albert Austin Osterhaus, nicknamed Dr. Flu. At the time, Osterhaus was head of the Department of Virology at Erasmus University in the Netherlands. When the swine flu scare appeared, he was also the president of the European Scientific Working Group on Influenza, an organization funded, you guessed, by the major vaccine manufacturers, including Baxter, Metamune, Glaxo, Santa Fe, Pasteur, and others. It was also Osterhaus who transformed an otherwise potentially bad flu season into a global pandemic. The World Health Organization has been criticized harshly in the media for changing the definition of a pandemic. And in so doing, by changing the term, it's been charged with benefiting the pharmaceutical industry. Who says? The British Medical Journal reported that the World Health Organization failed to report conflicts of interest in its H1N1 advisory group. The journal's editor-in-chief, Fiona Godley, wrote, quote, World Health Organization must act now to restore its credibility, and Europe should legislate, end quote. The former head of the prestigious Cochrane Database Collaboration Vaccine Group, Dr. Thomas Jefferson, told Der Spiegel in an interview, quote, the World Health Organization and public health officials, uh, virologists, and others are in error. And this is built as a machine around the impending H1N1 pandemic. And there's lots of money involved and influence and careers and entire institutions, end quote. Is that not also the case today with COVID? Careers? Money? Reputations? Institutions? They'll become permanent? Vaccines every month, every six months, every year? Even now, Moderna's telling us you're going to have to have a third vaccine of theirs when the first two have not been proven safe or effective by any scientific gold standard. When the 2009 H1 influenza strain appeared, the World Health Organization rushed forward to mangle its earlier criteria that would realistically define a pandemic. The organization intentionally removed reference to a pathogen's severity as a necessary requirement. Quote, don't you think there's something noteworthy? Dr. Jefferson continued, quote, about the fact that the World Health Organization has changed its definition of a pandemic, that it's now, it's how swine flu has been categorized as a pandemic, end quote. Moreover, the World Health Organization's decision to label the outbreak as a pandemic was not based upon its own permanent um, vaccine experts, but on the recommendations of non-disclosed group of outside consultants. Who are they? Won't tell us. Do they have conflicts of interest? Do they come from the vaccine industry? Won't tell us. It's secret. According to a financial forecast published in J.P. Morgan, the collaboration between the World Health Organization and Osterhaus's ESWI, a group made up of vaccine representatives to orchestrate the pandemic, would have profited the pharmaceutical industry up to $10 billion. Der Spiegel, one of the most respected publications in Europe, reported, quote, the World Health Organization and those in charge of public health, the virologists and the pharmaceutical laboratories, created a whole system around the imminence of a pandemic. There's a lot of money at stake, as well as networks of influence, careers, and the whole institutions. 
And the minute one of the flu viruses mutates, we'd see the whole machine roll into action, end quote. What are we seeing now? Do we have good science showing us how pathogenic all of the variants are? We have institutions becoming the persons who are the experts on the mutations, but they're not experts, and yet we're believing them. And therefore, hundreds of companies are now in the market to make the variant vaccines. In 2010, the European Union's Parliament Assembly of the Council of Europe launched an investigation into the evidence that the World Health Organization had, quote, created a fake pandemic, end quote, in order to financially benefit the pharmaceutical giant's vaccine market and to strengthen the influence private drug interests have over the health organization. The Assembly's chairperson, Dr. Wolfgang Udarg, charged the World Health Organization's fake pandemic as, quote, one of the greatest medical scandals of the century that resulted in millions being needlessly vaccinated, end quote. Did you know that? Did any of the media, did anyone in Congress, did anyone in the president's uh, COVID advisory tell you that the European Union's Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe launched an investigation to look into the fake pandemic? No, you've heard nothing. They have sanitized everything about the World Health Organization, its leadership, and they have criticized anyone who told you the truth. <clears throat> what does that tell you? Let's look at the epidemic of conflicts of interest. According to former World Bank geopolitical analyst Peter Koenig, about half of the World Health Organization's budget is derived from private sources, primarily pharmaceutical companies, but also other corporate sectors, including the telecommunications and agrochemical industries. It also receives large donations from large philanthropic organizations such as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Gave which is really controlled by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Eleven years ago, Gates had committed $10 billion to the World Health Organization. After the U.S., his foundation is its second largest donor, providing 10% of its funding. His financial commitment aligned with his global ambition, quote, to make this deadly decade of vaccines. Let me repeat that. So we're all clear. So we're not projecting any untoward uh, idea towards Gates or agenda. He is stating, quote, make this decade of vaccines, end quote. That's Bill Gates. Koenig also believes that Tedros's appointment was due to Gates' influence. This may carry some truth because Tedros is a former chair of what? Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, and that's Bill Gates. Barbara Fisher at the National Vaccine Information Center estimates that, quote, only about 10% of the total funding from provided by Gavi, which is $864 million, was used to strengthen healthcare systems in developing countries, such as providing sanitation and nutrition. No, 80% of all their money was used to purchase, deliver, and promote vaccines. There's also the deep personal and financial relationship between Bill Gates and the Chinese Communist government that demands further investigation. Gates is a member of the Chinese Academy of Science. Did you know that? Probably not. 
How's that happen when he's not a scientist? Has no degrees in science. Has no degrees in anything. For the moment, the World Health Organization has been advising against COVID vaccine passports as a mandate to travel. Nevertheless, China has already launched encrypted digital certificates as proof of vaccination. Given Gates' close relationship with Chinese officials, perhaps he's awaiting on China to establish a precedent for other nations to agree on a global mandate that will eventually be propagated by the Gates Network in the World Economic Forum and its Great Reset. During a 2020 TED Talk, Gates had already revealed that digital vaccine passports may be necessary. Quote, that not, not yet that part of his speech was edited from the original video. That was edited. Why? However, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. tracked down the original footage. Gates also, one, commissioned MIT to develop injectable, a quantum dot die system for children. So is Bill Gates suggesting with his power to give money to governmental agencies, his power over politicians, his power over scientific bodies, his power over professors who have accepted his money, it's pay to play. You know, you pay, you play. And now he's playing with our children's bodies. Would you give Bill Gates or Anthony Fauci or anyone permission just to put dyes, chemical quantum dot dot dyes that would have some form of tracking system in your child's body? Two, funded microchips, a company developing implantable chip-based devices, and three, purchased 3.7 million shares in Serico, S-E-R-C-O, who is developing tracing technology to track pandemic infections and vaccine compliance. So if over half of Americans are good on vaccines, and they want their vaccines, would they want the same vaccines if they knew that without them they would be considered a secondary citizen? They would not be able to, for example, to go to a Buffalo Bills football game because the Buffalo Bills are now demanding that you can't get into their stadium unless you have a vaccine certificate or card showing you've been vaccinated. But has anyone said that being vaccinated does not prevent you from contracting COVID, nor, if you have COVID, from sharing COVID, spreading it. That's how supercilious, irresponsible that such a dictate is. Get your vaccine and come in. Does that mean it's safe? There is no evidence that getting the vaccine, contrary to Anthony Fauci, that you're going to be protected because the study has not run two to three years to determine who got the vaccine and who got later adverse effects, and who got the vaccine and didn't get effects. So it's all experimental. And finally, Gates shares uh, the Chinese Communist Party's interest in collecting and mining citizens' DNA. Who says? A 60-minute expose presented the covert activities of BGI Genomics, a a communist uh, central party-linked firm that has exported COVID-19 tests to, quote, collect store, and exploit biometric information, end quote. Let me repeat that. Collect, store, and exploit biometric information, your information. What are they going to exploit? How are they going to exploit it? How will that impact you? How public will that knowledge become? How could it be used against you? We're not told. 
Did you ever hear of of the Communist uh, Party's ties to this company? No, you haven't. Independent investigations reveal that the Gates Foundation has collaborated with BGI, and it was through Gates' influence over Obama that the Chinese company entered the U.S. market. You haven't heard that either. BGI's RT-PCR kit was promoted by the World Health Organization back in May 2020 for the first-line emergency diagnostic use. The rationale was that the test was highly sensitive, specific, and user-friendly. Lies. Subsequently, the European Union, the FDA, and the Australian, Canadian, Japanese health ministries rapidly purchased and deployed it. On its website, the Gates Foundation acknowledges its role in having the PCR test supplied to the World Health Organization. Here's from the Gates Foundation website, quote, Nine Chinese PCR tests were approved by World Health Organization during 2020 under its emergency use listing mechanism, with one of the Foundation's partners supplying tests to the World Health Organization. One of the Foundation, meaning the Gates Foundation. Three months later, Sweden filed complaints after reports of a high percentage of false positives from the Chinese tests. Now, how many Americans had that test and ended up with a false positive? And then were told, your case, you had the virus. How many people went into hospital, crowded hospitals, wanting to be treated for something they did not have? What happens when you have people running in out of panicking to be tested in a hospital or treated when there's no treatment for the virus at that point, none. And at the same time, keeping people who have elective surgeries, <clears throat> necessary treatment for n- neurological diseases, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, ALS, dementia, cancers, not having room or time in a schedule to be treated, that is a fact that occurred. There is in our opinion Little doubt that the World Health Organization is another one of Gates' bought-off entities for furthering his personal agenda to promote vaccines, genetically modified seeds, and chemical agriculture in the developing world. The World Health Organization's Global Advisory Committee on Vaccine Safety is the group responsible for administering vaccine programs in poor developing countries. It is also responsible for gathering data on incidents of vaccine injuries. Any deaths following vaccination campaigns are ignored and ruled as coincidental. For example, over the weekend, when one of India's um, most popular uh, Bollywood stars was appointed ambassador of health issues, took the vaccine and the next day died. Oh, it was just coincidental. Young person. And a physician took it two days later, died. A nurse died an hour after taking it on camera at a press conference. Must all be coincidental. Look at the numbers of how many people have died in Europe, in Great Britain, in the United States. Look how many have been injured with adverse effects. Now ask yourself, if we are being very generous and saying that 10% of actual reports, since it's all voluntary to report, have been reported, then multiply that number times nine. Now you're up to tens of thousands of deaths and millions upon millions of injuries. 
No drug would ever be allowed on the market with those numbers. And yet, no one is suggesting stopping or curtailing the vaccines. Just more of the same. So here we have all of these campaigns going on. As a result, when you have a monitoring system that is so wrong, and yet the scientific community has not challenged it. Let's go back to the World Health Organization's Global Advisory Committee on Vaccine Safety. They're the ones who are supposed to administer vaccine programs. Any deaths are coincidental, but this policy is based upon the erroneous assumption that if one died during a vaccine's clinical trials, then the vaccine should be regarded as automatically safe and unrelated to any deaths that might occur later. Consequently, the World Health Organization's monitoring system is seriously flawed. I do not believe it can be corrected. I do not believe it can be overhauled. It needs to be started again with another outside independent organization. One of the more controversial incidences was the World Health Organization's collaboration with Bill Gates' Gavi campaign to launch a pentavalent vaccine, that means diphtheria, pertussis, tetanus, hip, and hepatitis B, in Africa and later in South and Southeast Asia. In India, health officials recorded upwards of 8,190 additional infant deaths annually following the implementation of this vaccine program. The World Health Health Organization's response, you're going to have to listen carefully to this, they reclassified its adverse event reporting system to disregard infant deaths altogether. So if previously you've been counted as a as vaccine death, now no infant deaths were allowed to be recorded. Dr. J- Dr. Jacob Polya, a member of the Indian government's National Technical Advisory Group on Immunization, concluded, quote, deaths and other serious adverse events following vaccination in third world that use World Health Organization and, and AEFI classification are not recorded in any databases for pharmacovigilance. It is as if the deaths of children in low and middle income countries are of no consequence, end quote. I would disagree with that person in this respect. I would not say they're of no consequence I would say they've been excluded because they're of great consequence, just the opposite. If you suddenly had to show that these vaccines caused thousands upon thousands of poor kids to die from the vaccine, then the countries would be forced to abolish those vaccines. But the World Health Organization lives by double standards on vaccine safety. A more recent scandal erupted during the World Health Organization's Global Vaccine Safety Summit convened in December 2019. Days before the summit, one of the World Health Organization's medical directors on vaccination, Dr. Swamayantham, appeared in a public advertisement touting the unquestionable safety of vaccines and ridiculing parents who speak out against vaccination. She assured viewers that the World Health Organization was in control of matters and monitored any potential adverse risk carefully. However, during the same summit, the same woman acknowledged vaccine health risks and stated, quote, we really don't have any good safety monitoring system, end quote. 
Wow, but she was not alone. Dr. Heidi Larson at the same summit, quote, We have a very wobbly health professional front line that is starting to question vaccines and the safety of vaccines. When the frontline professionals are starting to question or they don't feel like they have enough confidence about the safety to stand up to the person asking the questions, I mean most medical school curriculums, even nursing curriculums, I mean in medical schools, you are lucky if you have a half a day on vaccines, end quote. Hmm. So publicly, put on the good face. Tell the good story. Safe, effective, we're in charge, we're the experts. But then filmed, and I have the film, filmed at their summit, saying just the opposite. They don't know what the hell they're doing. They're all walking without vision. And more noteworthy were the statements of Dr. Martin Howe Friede, coordinator of the World Health Organization's Initiative for Vaccine Research. Quote, I give courses every year on how do you develop vaccines, how do you make vaccines, and the first lesson is while you're making your vaccine, if you avoid using an adjuvant, please do so. Lesson two, if you're going to use an adjuvant, use one that has a history of safety. And lesson three, if you're not doing it that way, think very carefully, end quote. In other words, what the World Health Organization presents to the public contradicts what it discusses behind closed doors. Another example of the veil of secrecy the organization operates within. Now we are witnessing more countries halting further administration of AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine, a vaccine Trump had committed $1.2 billion towards its development. Subsequently, the CDC paused Johnson Johnson's similar engineered adenovirus vaccine in order to investigate its association with an otherwise rare condition of fatal blood clotting. The World Health Organization, on the other hand, has ignored these nations' ethical responsibilities to adhere to precautionary principles. Its own review claimed there were no blood clots linked to AstraZeneca vaccine. Wrong. Later, the World Health Organization changed its tune to, quote, plausible after European Union regulators found a causal link, and the New England Journal of Medicine published two studies providing specific details confirming these ad adverse reactions. Altogether, what we have is misinformation on mass vaccination from the World Health Organization. But is there something even darker behind this? Is there a depopulation agenda afoot? Without doubt, the most nefarious activity conducted by the World Health Organization is its alleged support and distribution of vaccines to poor developing countries that may have been intentionally designed to decrease population rates. Back in 1989, the World Health Organization sponsored a symposium at its Geneva headquarters on, quote, anti-fertility vaccines and contraceptive vaccines. The symposium presented proposals for vaccines that were later discovered to have been laced with the sterilizing hormone HCG and estradiol that former pre prevents pregnancy and triggers spontaneous abortions and miscarriages in the latter can turn men sterile or infertile. In 2015, the Kenyan Conference of Catholic Bishops reported its discovery of a polio vaccine laced with estradiol that was manufactured in India and distributed by the World Health Organization. A year earlier, Dr. Wahami Nagar from the Kenyan Catholic Doctors Association uncovered a tetanus vaccine specifically being administered to women, also distributed by the World Health Organization that contained the HCG hormone. All of the polio vaccine samples tested contained HCG, estrogen-related compounds, 
follicle-stimulating and luteinizing hormones, which will damage sperm formation in the testes. Even more disturbing, this vaccine was going to be administered to children under the age of five. However, this is not the first time the World Health Organization appears to have made efforts to use vaccination campaigns for depopulation. A decade earlier, in 2004, the World Health Organization, UNICEF, and the CDC launched a vaccine campaign to immunize 74 million African children during a polio outbreak. The initiative encountered a serious obstacle. In Nigeria, laboratory tests on the World Health Organization vaccine samples resulted in the presence of estrogen and other female hormones. And in the mid-1990s, a tetanus vaccine being administered in Nicaragua and to in the Philippines to young girls and women in their life-bearing years was discovered to contain HCG, which accounted for a large number of spontaneous abortions that were reported by Catholic health workers. In 2014, the Economic Times of India published a report that provided details of a joint venture between the World Health Organization and the Gates Foundation to test an experimental HPV vaccine on approximately 16,000 tribal girls between the ages of 9 and 15 unwittingly. The experiment was conducted in 2008, and the vaccine is now what we commonly call Gardasil. Many of the girls, the report states, became ill and some died. The following year, the World Health Organization and the Gates Foundation conducted a similar experiment on 14,000 girls using the HPV vaccine Cervarix. Again, quote, scores of teenage girls were hospitalized, end quote. Investigations led by Indian health officials uncovered gross violation in India's laws regarding medical safety. In numerous cases, there was no consent and the children had no idea what they were being vaccinated for. The Indian Supreme Court has taken up the case against the duo for criminal charges. Were you made aware of that? Did the New York Times do a feature? Did 60 Minutes do a feature on that case? No. There are many other questionable activities that the World Health Organization has been involved with over the years. However, the above provide sufficient evidence to argue the case that, at least within the upper echelons of the World Health Organization, global health does not stand in high priority. The organization employs over 7,000 people around the world, and most of these have deep concern for improving the lives of populations in poor and developing nations. On the other hand, the World Health Organization leaders are there largely because the powers of Washington, London, and the pharmaceutical industry benefit by the organization's advancing its agendas. For our WBI listeners, we're almost done. Uh, If you have to check out now for the news, fine. Everyone else, stay tuned. I'm going to the top of the hour on PRN.FM. And, of course, the World Health Organization, not the only health entity with a legacy of corruption. Corruption appears to be systemic throughout the global health and national health agencies. This topic was featured last year in the prestigious medical journal, The Lancet. Dr. Patricia Garcia writes, quote, in The Lancet, corruption is embedded in health systems. Throughout many, uh, throughout my life as a researcher, public health worker, and a minister of health, I have been able to see entrenched dishonesty and fraud. But despite being one of the most important barriers to implementing universal health coverage around the world, Corruption is rarely openly discussed, end quote. In conclusion, bear in mind, the World Health Organization, along with Bill Gates and his foundation, Anthony Fauci and the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease, are leading the efforts to get the COVID vaccine administered as quickly as possible. 
Already, the Gates Foundation has given $1.75 billion for developing and distributing these vaccines. Do you, do you really believe that we can trust their judgment and the intense public relations effort that will demean anyone who challenges them? Any truths or facts by any scientist, physician, journalist is immediately deplatformed and the person attacked and libeled or slandered? All because they were willing to look for the truth and present it. Now, ask yourself, where do you get your information and can you trust it? I'm Gary Nall. Our report is posted on prn.fm and on garynall.com. Download it and share it with people. We have three minutes left. If you would like to call in and share your comments, call 888-874-4888. That's 888-874-4888. And by the way, just a few little things until we get to the top of the hour. We're also hearing that Sanjay Gupta over on CNN backs COVID lab escape theory as, quote, simplest explanation. He is the CNN chief medical correspondent. Do I believe anything that CNN says? Not unless I independently verify it, because they have been investigated undercover, and it's been shown by Project Veritas that they were talking about how they controlled the outcome of the last election. <clears throat> and we've seen all the networks engage in that together. You can have all the networks and all the hosts on networks using the same words on the same day without realizing that is an agenda. Who wrote it? Where did they get their talking points? What's behind it? And yet we're not asking those. And we should be. So let's see if we have any calls. If we do, we'll go to those calls. If not, then I will, uh, I will have tomorrow. By the way, on tomorrow's program, we're going to play you a tape from a woman. I'm guessing she's around 89 years old. And I guess that because of the, in her talk, she talks about being a teenager uh, during the Second World War and even in the 1930s, what she was doing. And her family were physicians. I don't know what her career is. Uh, but we have to listen to what she has to say because everything that she said in this talk is happening today. Everything. And boy, is it, it's revealing. That'll be tomorrow. Ask your friends to tune in tomorrow.